Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for downloading the Manchester Football Social cracking show today. Uh, Niall McCorn, who's our expert sports journalist. <laughs> Mr. Angry. <laughs> yeah, Niall, uh, the entire second section just absolutely takes over. He's Went did off. A, yeah, Went off on one. It was brilliant. He did a piece on Follow FC, and then yeah. uh, we used your expertise about financial fair play. Yeah, uh, basically, if you own a football club and you listen to this, you're just not going to feel very good about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the beginning, we talked about uh, the internationals that were happening. And mm. um, we can now say Scotland have just finished against San Marino and they won that game 2 0. Uh, and then in the final bit, uh, you did a quiz. Yeah, and we're going to continue that in the podcast. So come back and listen at the end. Manchester Football Social. So it's not Mothering Sunday, which uh, means I've got to get buy my mum more flowers next Sunday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Panic! I turned up this morning. That's nice. Oh, and, oh it's next week, isn't it? Uh, it is Sunday. It's a footballing Sunday because the football social is here as it is Sunday to Friday. I'm Ant McGinley, City fan, and this is Alex Boardman, United fan. Yes, hello there. And you panicked me then because you said Mother's Day, and I went no. Because I forgot whatever the other last one was. Yeah. Valentine's Day. I, I, that was only about I, I, a week ago. Are you buying your mum Valentine's Day cards? No, but I have to still have to. Because I've got two boys, haven't I? So right. they, you know, they're useless at buying presents for the mum, aren't they? So I have to remind them. Uh, anyway, let's we have do some, the headlines. Let's have some headlines. Um, first headline it's not Mother's Day. Second headline England won yesterday 5 0. Um, uh, no, it wasn't yesterday, it was Friday. Friday, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, Republic beat Gibraltar 1 0. Wales won earlier today. They beat Slovakia 1 0. Scotland are currently leading San Marino by a goal to nil. Did you see any pictures from the uh, Republic of Ireland game in Gibraltar? No. Because the football pitch is right next to the airport. Right. And I've been to Gibraltar a couple of times. And actually, when you go into the airport, one of the ways you can get to the airport is you can actually walk. And you can cross the runway in the same way that you would cross a main road. Oh, right. They have, like, traffic wardens that, that will let you cross the road. But there's some great pictures of the game, and you just see these planes. That, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't the best game ever, so people were watching the planes rather than actually watching the game. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, because uh, this is your show after all, it's not just me and him. Uh, well, we'll definitely have Nile in a bit as well. L three four five triple one seventy six twenty five, or you can get us on social media at MCR Footy Social. Mm. Your favourite way, though, is? Um, I like the 87711 method of texting. 
Because nice. it's just five numbers to remember. I, and you're not too good on social media either. No, I'm not, I'm not great. Um, so what I wanted to talk about, with, especially with the internationals, and obviously it was a great game on Friday night for one particular Manchester resident, Mr Raheem Sterling. Second hat-trick in 14 days, I think it worked out, or something like that, less than 14 days. Who was the other one against? Uh, against Watford. Remember, it was a bit, a bit dubious... Uh, with the offside that was in there. But mm. he still, yeah. So uh, he, he got the hat-trick there, then a hat-trick for England. And his last time out for England, he got the two goals against Spain. So this is especially after, even in the World Cup, when I was very behind him, being a, arguably played out of position, he was a bit frustrating. There was a, quite a lot of times when he'd get the ball, you think, he's got to score, and then you're like, oh, no. He had a bad World Cup. He yeah. did have a bad yeah. World Cup, be honest. But it's it's all seems to have come together now. I mean, he's having a great season at City. He's, he's doing really well at England. So my question is, if you look at the Manchester club influence in the England team, and I know that on Friday we, we, we were missing the likes of Lingard. Lingard, Rashford didn't yeah. play. I don't know if Weekshaw played. Did Weekshaw play? Because I was working. I don't think any of no, play no. played. No, so, Chil- Chilwell played at left-back. But that's that's just the thing. So what what my suggestion is, is that are we moving towards a situation where not only are the Manchester teams, potentially with the revival that's going on at United, in a position to dominate the league again, but also to dominate the England team? I hope not. (laughs) I really, really hope not. Because it's every single time history has taught any United fan, any single time that United players go and play for England, it will end badly at some point. I think last summer the World Cup was probably the first time City fans ever properly experienced what United fans have been knowing for about 30 years. So, in my lifetime, okay, right. here's my examples. Talk me through it. One of my favourite ever United players when I was about seven, right winger, brilliant player called Steve Coppel. Got injured playing for England, never played Famously for United. Famously manager at City for 31 days, I think. Yeah, he, um, he managed Crystal Palace, took them to Wembley. Um, he's still managing, still managing today, but he was a great player. Uh, Ray Wilkins got sent off in a World Cup. I can't remember, I think he was 82. Yes. Got absolutely hammered for it. He was a midfielder at United at the time. Brian Robson in that same tournament mm. um, scored a really early goal against France, scored two goals against France, but got injured later on in that tournament. Also got injured in 86 got injured numerous times and missed loads of massive games for United. Um, And he was our most important player throughout the 80s. So that would be three. That would be enough. Then you put Phil Neville into the mix when he gave away uh, a penalty and he was hated. Before that, Beckham with what happened in 98 and people were hanging effigies of him outside pubs. Um, And he got booed throughout this season, the the 99 season. Everywhere Granny went to, he's getting, but he was about 22, 23 years old at the time. So, this summer, what happened with Sterling is possibly City fans' first ever sort of, hang on, what do we think about this England team? Also, as well, for the first time in maybe ever, the last few years, City have actually been better than England. So, there was a point where arguably the England side was, if you were a City fan, you could look at the England side and go, oh, well, you know, this has got. Steven Gerrard in Lampard. I know they wouldn't like and cheer United players, but they could go, mm. it's great to support a team that's got Gerrard, it's got Lampard in, um, it's got John Terry in, you know, even though people don't like him, obviously. But you think, we can get behind this team, they've got better players than we have. Now you've got a better team than England. So I think, from definitely from a United point of view, if Rashford never plays for England again, or Jesse, 
or Luke Shaw, and I know they're desperate to play, I know they want to play, it would not bother me in the slightest. So you're saying it's kind of like a curse being called up for England for your team then? Well, look at, Ster- look at the sticks Sterling got in that World Cup, and he was low on confidence, he didn't play well, the England team, team did play well, and Sterling didn't play brilliantly, but he never stopped running, he never stopped creating the space, um, and it was just a lack of confidence, and the, the stick he was gained... Um, did absolutely no- this is bear in mind this is our national team yeah. in a tournament we got to the semi-final of and had a decent chance of winning and pretty much every single newspaper definitely the majority of the newspapers the red tops yeah. would absolutely slate Sterling so why you know he's t- and he's turned it around this season pretty much like Beckham did he should win I think he should win player of the year Sterling yeah. and I think he and probably th- th- will this is one of the things that Southgate said in his press conference before when he was uh, had the squad there and before these games came together and he said one of the reasons why he really liked Raheem was not only how he's developed as a player but as a person off the pitch and obviously you know we, we, there's been a lot that's happened to him this season and he's handled it really really well for for, for a guy that's only he's 25 yeah you well know, yeah there were things with Sterling I was talking Danny Jackson who does the Wednesday show yeah, um, and you'll, you'll know him from City Square if you go to the games. Yeah, so I was talking with him about this last week, and the thing that really impressed me with Sterling this year, obviously, right, let's get out of the way, I don't like him because he plays for City. I really don't like him because before that he played for Liverpool. So I am not a member of his fan club. However, when he got all that abuse in the World Cup, when he got all the abuse um, away against Chelsea, that racist abuse that the camera picked up, and he just turned around and laughed in the fella's face... Um, the way he's been on Twitter where uh, there's loads and loads of good sort of charity work he does and some kid was getting bullied and he sends the kid a shirt and yeah, invites him amazing. to training. And he's just turned, he, you know, he's, he's a social media presence and he's he's turned everyone's perception of him around thanks, to, basically thanks to Twitter and going, look, that's what the papers are saying about me. That's not true. This is the real me. But I think there's there's two people that have a lot to thank, that Raheem has a lot to thank for as well. And I think, obviously, Pep at City has really helped him come on as a player. I think mm-hmm. it was undeniable that there was talent there, but Pep has really helped him develop that. And and almost to the point where you're looking at a team of international stars at City, and yet Raheem is going to be one of the first names on the... On the when you've got Probably a fully fit squad. the yeah. first on, I yeah. think, now. I, th- I think you, you, you'd struggle to argue against and that. And bear in mind, a year or two ago, it, it was rumoured that he didn't... <clears throat> Guardiola didn't even want... Sterling, he was looking to get a, a player yeah. into replacement. But no, nobody was safe. I mean, obviously Joe Hart thought he was, and he was gone. There was question marks even over Aguero. Aguero yeah, yeah. So there. But the other person I think who's had a massive influence on him has been Southgate, and not just from what we've heard him say in press conferences. And I, I think for uh, many reasons, and I'm not just talking about the simplicity of the waistcoat, but Southgate is the first England manager for a, a long time that I've really sort of connected with and. I, I, I did question him at the beginning because I thought he's a bit like a geography teacher. He's a bit young. What does he know? But he's proved himself. He had a great World Cup. Obviously, all right, you can say we didn't have that many games. We lost four games and still made it to the semis. But there's a lot going on there. And I think his faith, his confidence in Sterling and the way he supported him when he was, wasn't performing to the way we wanted him to be doing, I'm sure he wanted to be playing that well yeah, as well. Yeah, of course, nobody wants to yeah. play bad in front of a 10 million people worldwide. And that's paid off. And it, I suppose that shows the, the, the complicated nature of, of this whole thing that we love called football, because neither of us are skilled enough to have made it as a professional. 
right? So, but we we have our moments, and we were talking about this other day, like when you see yourself back on video, oh. and you think, oh, this would be great, and it's just like, what's that? <laughs> oh, that's me. Right? <laughs> it's this video in slow motion. And you see, the thing is, so it, it's easy for you to sit there and criticise, but I think sometimes yeah. we don't think about how that affects people. And we're all guilty of it. I mean, it, I mean, if you want to, if you, I'm not going to stop you now. If you want to call in 0345117625 and have a pop at Sterling or anybody else like that, um, but this is what this is all about. But there are people behind that and that has an effect on people. It'd be interesting for me to know, and I think this is probably where he's got so much of his confidence from, how many, because he scored a tap-in. The first goal was uh, Sancho crossed it over. This is the in the England game. Yeah. And it was a, just a tap-in from six yards out. Now, the amount of times he's probably done that or something very similar for City this year, because City do play with whoever the winger is on either side. When the ball's on the, the strong side, you just go on, on the, the weak side and the ball is always crossed across the box. And I think the amount of tappings he's probably scored has then lifted his confidence to that because his second goal for the hat-trick for England was a really neat turn and a, a really cute little finish. Third yep. goal was a deflection. I don't know if it was going in or not. I've only seen selected highlights. Yeah, the angle. Of, I, to, to be honest, I think the, the keeper probably would have had it covered but for the, the deflection. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's something as well now with, with that we've seen with Sterling is he's got that confidence to shoot from outside the area, to take it in, to do a tapping. He's got, he's got all these elements in his game. Yeah, and he's confident. And similarly, Rashford's form picked up so much when Solskjaer came. Like the first, I'm, Rashford was not playing bad under Mourinho but he was not starting at centre-forward. Sometimes he'd be on the left wing, sometimes he'd be on the right wing. And Solskjaer came in and went, you're my centre-forward. Next 10 games, Rashford was absolutely just phenomenal. And I think he's a bit, I think he's been a bit injured since. So let me like completely go against your initial reaction, which was about, I, I suggested that the Manchester clubs could be at the heart of what could be a great couple of years for the England national side. Mm -hmm. But let's just think about it. Just the players we just mentioned then. So up front, Rashford, Sterling, Lingard, Lingard. Yep, that's pretty potent. Don't or mind. Sancho is coming to United apparently. Yeah, and it costs <laughs> you twice as much as anybody else because of that little clause in his, his contract. But I mean, I think he's the leading assist maker in the Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah, eight. and he's and he's just got his first one for England as well. And when City paid fifty million for Sterling, um, he'd had a, a good season before with Liverpool, but everyone was like, "That is." The, the world has gone mad. Yeah. Um, and now that just seems to be the well, going... there's already rumours about... I know it's that quiet time of year when people start doing it because there's not much else to talk about, but Zidane, uh, back at Real Madrid, there's yeah. links between Madrid looking for somebody like Sterling to come over, talking about 150, maybe even more than that. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so you've, so got, you've got, got three players there at United. You've got and Rashford up from yeah. uh, Lingard and Sterling. Yeah. So Sancho, who could be coming back there as yep. well. Now, obviously, you've got other young players that are in the mix that aren't at the clubs, like uh, uh, Hudson Odoi, who do mm -hmm. made his debut as well, and obviously Ali at Spurs. But then at the back, you're looking at John Stones. No one's getting in over Kane at centre forward either. No, unless he's picked up an injury or whatever. But mm -hmm. as a captain, role, he's going to be in this squad, isn't he? Um, so you've got Stones and uh, Walker. Phil at the back. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Phil jo Phil Jones. Well, I mean, the, the guy has just got himself a new contract at Man United, so do not underestimate what mm. that guy is capable of doing. And I'll remind you again of the quote from Alex Ferguson. Could be the greatest ever that player first team season, United Honestly, shirt. that first season, what a player he looked like. But then, but then see, this is the thing. that, that We seem to have pushed them to the side. And so we, we, you know, we've got 
this is what England are doing, but they're drawing these great players from two clubs, City and United, that are often accused of not giving young British talent a chance. And of course, we've not even Wait, mentioned Phil Foden. Rewind. When have United ever been accused of not giving young English talent? That's basically the entire history of the club since Matt Busby has been built on giving young players a chance I, and young because because of, because of going out and spending money and bringing big, big name players, right? And obviously at, at City at the minute, it's more of an issue than at United. But under Mourinho, particularly, it was something he was criticised of. Yeah, I'll, wrongly. I'll, he yeah. was wrongly criticised because he gave Rashford a lot of minutes and he gave Luke but Shaw he did, a lot of minutes. He, he did not give, it was LVG that gave Rashford his debut. Yeah, but he, he still played. Rashford was Mourinho in his first season. Rashford had to be Are you, you going to redo? No, no, I'm just going to say get your facts right. If no, you're going to lie, no, get no, your I'm, facts I'm right. I'm not lying. Are you going to do the thing where, where Mourinho went down? He said he played this many minutes, this many minutes, this many. So that means he played 50 games last season or whatever he said. He did play, He played the most minutes of any outfield player in Mourinho's first season, Rashford. So, with Phil Foden looking likely to sort of breakthrough especially the way he's been playing he's getting more and more minutes at City he's got um, Champions League under his belt and a Champions League goal it's, I think he scored in every competition except the Premier League this season Phil Foden which is not bad no for someone who's you constantly say is not getting a lot of minutes and he's and he's been he's not getting I'm, what I say is he gets what in American sports they would call garbage time so garbage time that's what that's the phrase in American sports right, okay. so you you're winning a game 4-0 you come on for 20 minutes. That's garbage time. That game's finished. He's not there. At, it's it's nil-nil. There's 10 minutes left. You, he's, oh, whack him on for that. He's not getting those minutes. He's getting the, we're playing Burton Albion minutes. I'm going to take that and I'm going to like that because that's often how I get used in games when I play football these days. So that puts me on a similar level to Phil Foden. Yeah. I'll live with that. But I, to go back to your original point, if this... The England side's going to have a Manchester base, which I'm not 100% sure. I think we've got a good young core, but we've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. We've got all these potential 18-year-olds. They're all going to be world beaters, and then it comes but to the, it. The, two of them make not, it. But the they're, not even, they're not even potential. I mean, Sterling's got 50 England caps now, some, around about the 50 caps hmm. off the top of my head. But he's been going five seasons. He's, he's not one of the new people coming in, is he? No, but he's going to be at the core of that and the centre of that. And obviously Stones and... And I hope he is. I yeah. really hope he is. I hope John Stones is at this core of it. Phil Foden, get him on. Because oh, of the curse. That, is that Aguero, what Aguero can have a British passport for me. <laughs> I don't... Honestly, I, I do not want okay. United players playing in so, that. So, so here's a country. Here's a question for you. After what's happened, obviously Declan Rice made his debut for England. Yes. After playing three games for the Republic of Ireland. They were friendlies, but they were for the senior squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've also had Jack Grealish, who's done something similar and declared his availability for England. So, if you could give somebody like Aguero a passport, if you could give one non-English player a passport to play for England, who would you give it to? Messi or Ronaldo, obviously. Obviously. I wasn't even thinking about obviously. that. Obviously. No, from, from United to City. From United to City. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Pogba. Pogba would be good in that England side. Because with a load of young players around him that constantly bomb forward... That's if you saw some of the. I saw the highlight for the the goal that Griezmann scored, and the ball from Pogba that was similar to one Cantona played for Irwin uh, in Cantona's second season. It was just this beautiful flick with the outside of his boot. All you need to do for Pogba is just keep running in behind, and he'll find you. 
that's why we've struggled this season when there's been real static forward play. So Pogba would be great in that team. With Sterling bombing on on one side, Rashford and Kane, who any time you find him is more likely to score than than anyone, really, I suppose, in the league. I was going to say, that's that's a bit of a fun question to put out there, but actually, the way these things go, you know, it's just like the tip of the wedge. So it could be not so long before we see things like we've had in tennis, for example. Uh, was it Rosetsky was Canadian and played mm. for, uh, represented... Lennox England? Lewis yeah. did it in boxing and you, do, you can get nationalised, naturalised or nationalised, mm. depending on... There is a difference and I don't quite know what it is, but if you've lived in a country for a certain amount of time, you've married someone no, from but, that but country... No, but that works, that works even before you've played for them because Laporte um, could play for France or for Spain because he lived in Spain for so long. Um, so he, he qualifies to play for the Spanish team as well. Hmm. Costa did, I think, as well. Costa plays for Spain, doesn't he? The yeah. ex-Chelsea player. But I think I think he played for Brazil as well. He, he did. He? The, yeah. I did I, well, Giggs did it famously for for England schoolboys and then played for Wales because his his dad's from Cardiff. Anyway, oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five. I don't want to start talking about passports. Eight double seven double one on the text or at MCR Footy Social. Uh, we're going to talk about Follow FC next uh, because our very own sports journalist uh, Nell McCorn went down uh, to their first game, which took place over this weekend. Plus, uh, we'll have a look and see uh, what the latest is with that clash of the titans that is Scotland and San Marino. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. Every Sunday through to Friday on XS Manchester between 6 and 7, this is the Manchester Football Social. Your place to come and uh, get your latest football opinions out in the open. Don't keep them to yourselves. Come in and join us. 03451-7625 or you can use social media at MCR Footy Social. With me in the studio... I'm Ant McGinley, by the way. I'm a City fan. Opposite me, the erudite Alex <laughs> Boardman. <laughs> yes, I support United. And we've also got Niall McCorn with us, hey, who hello. is our expert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we, should, we should play Sunday Football Social Bingo, because I reckon that will come up quite often. <laughs> yeah. What, the expert? The expert. It's just I'm interesting, because <laughs> you do know what you're talking about. as a pro. Anyway, I've got some headlines as to right, what happened over the last two, three days. England uh, beat... Czech Republic 5-0 that was on Friday Era beat Gibraltar 1-0 Wales earlier today beat Slovakia 1-0 and Scotland currently are beating San Marino 1-0 still 1-0 65 minutes have gone still in yeah. just 1-0 good, good <laughs> result earlier for Wales as well Mm, yeah, 1-0 against Slovakia. and uh, They top the group. Yeah. Wales are top of Group E, England are top of Group A. But there's only been one game point. And, so. Niall, you were pointing out a very interesting uh, young player for Wales. Yeah, Matt Smith, who's uh, at City's under-21s, got called up by Ryan Giggs and got his full debut in that game against Slovakia. So probably one that might have slipped under the radar for some City fans. But um, I don't think Pep's picked him in, in any squads, as far as I'm aware. And even if he has... I don't remember seeing his name uh, on the team sheet. Maybe in those League Cup no. games against Burnley, isn't, he might have played. isn't that the he same made, name? He made his first uh, made his first cap for for Wales today, so I'm sure it's a proud moment for him and his family. Yeah. Also, isn't that the same name as the one of the Doctor Who actors? Yeah, Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also a striker at QPR called Matt Smith. Big, tall guy, six foot odd, scores lots of headers. 
But you're not, not saying it's the same person. They're like, not, not a time traveling time lord. He's gone be, back. It'd be in funny time. if he was time traveler, wouldn't it? Yeah. It was. Uh, so it if was. you want to get in touch with us, 0345-111-7625. And uh, Niles, come to join us in the studio because uh, you were out and about yesterday doing your football reporting thing. <laughs> yeah. And um, if, if you're not aware of it, XS Manchester has recently moved into the football sponsorship game. <laughs> and uh, you, you can see a particular team playing around Manchester with the XS Manchester logo emblazoned on their chest. Yeah, that's right. The team's called Follow FC spell F-O-L-L-O and that follow stands for Four Hour Lost Little Ones and it's a team set up by a guy called Gaz um, inspired uh, in, in a strange way by the sad loss of his son and he wondered if there were any other dads in and around the Manchester area that might have been going through the same thing um, so he decided to start a football team called Follow and uh, lo and behold he put the word out there and people came to him and said I've been going through the same thing and I'd love to play for your football team. So this was a few months ago and they've had a few training sessions and their first game was yesterday. They played at Curzon Ashton against uh, Infinity Initiatives, which is another charity side uh, focusing on mental health. Um, but the lads from Follow, they trained really hard and they had a great day and I met some really cool people. Neil Jackson, uh, I think I'm the head coach of Follow FC. I'm involved with it purely because of a, a personal reason that I was affected by Gary who set up the, the team. His, his son passed away and I was a governor at a school and that's how my involvement become. Uh, when Gary spoke to me about becoming a part of the team, I, uh, I thought the great opportunity for Curzon Ashton to get involved, which is a great club. And Andy down here who's helped us out massively. And obviously you, got, you guys at XS, Jim and yourselves, you've been fantastic with the sponsorship. So it's been a great, great day for us. We might have lost the football match, but we've certainly won a, we've certainly won some hearts and minds today. So I'm really proud of the boys. My name's Carl. I used to play when I was a kid, but obviously now it's somehow what I do. Mm. The lads are saying that the WhatsApp group as well is keeping everyone in check. Oh, yeah. A bit of banter flying Oh, you actually got into it, mate. <laughs> telling you. Some of the stuff I comes out on that is unbelievable <laughs> it's funny though it's all good yeah it's about it's all being together and having a kick about I am Paul Jolly's director at Curzon National Football Club it's been a brilliant day we, we obviously had the Infinity versus Follow game at lunchtime I think everyone really enjoyed that wasn't necessarily about the football but um, everyone's had a great day the weather's been kind to us the biggest thing for me as, as, as a coach is trying to help people be it physically mentally emotionally or just football you know hopefully I'm, I'm a friend I'm a coach I'm a mate I'll take the mick out of them when I can because I think it's important that we, we do that and you know these lads love being involved in a team environment so for me well done to everyone involved mums, dads, aunties, uncles players, coaches fans thank you for everyone They've come together as a group over the last couple of months or so. Um, they've, they've bonded, you can see, a million miles off. they bonded so well. And, yeah, when they got the goals, I think everyone was delighted. It was great, actually, for both teams, you know, to get on the score sheet. But absolutely everyone was delighted for them. And uh, it, that's the first of many, hopefully. I spoke to a couple of lads and they said that follows changed their life in a way. Oh, it has massively. Yeah. Yeah. If you suffered with pressure or whatever... Me and all these, so I don't change. Me, you come alive. Yeah. It is, it's, it's meant. It's changed me anyway. We're really proud, really proud to be involved. Um, the community side of what we do has been something that we've been trying to develop for the last couple of years, and, it, and it's growing steadily now. And with both Follow and Infinity on board, it's just just an absolute bonus for us. As I say we're incredibly proud to be part of that setup. Fancy a game against Excess Manchester? Why not? Bring it on! <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, nice to chat to you. Mate. Hey, and I tell you what, that game might actually be happening. You I know, hope so. so.
so yeah so we were speaking to the the bosses here alex and you'll be pleased about this because <laughs> oh, yeah I, no, no, you know i was talking before about like how sometimes you see footage of yourself or whatever yeah yeah so they put the word out and they said look anybody at access like whether you're on air or you you, you know do the support stuff if you'd like to take part and I showed them some footage of you playing that stuff you showed me, and they've said that, yeah, they'd love to have you in as manager. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about that? <clears throat> the footage of the goal I scored when Shearer crossed it and it went to my left foot and I pinged it in the top corner, despite being two stone overweight and it was only three <laughs> you mean, years ago. You mean, you mean that footage where you can't actually see Shearer, so no one believes that Shearer's on it? Is, it was, <laughs> Uh, Robbie Savage was the, it was like a BBC comic relief thing. <laughs> we had a team of uh, a team of comedians from Manchester versus Liverpool, and I got there first. And went, who do you want on your you know side, what? Shearer or? It's it's funny Savage. how you can scare people with the prospect of an eleven aside game because we've obviously got a bit of a, a, a sort of a group chat for the football social. Adam Keyworth, who comes on a Friday show, Friday night football social, young lad, can't be much older than I am. Wants six weeks to get fit. Wow. Six weeks? Come on, Keezy, that's <laughs> shocking. Do you know what the thing is? I probably need about six months. So the last time I played on, on a full-size 11-a-side pitch, it had been, I mean, it's, it's been a couple of years now, but it'd been a couple of years when I did it then. And the thing is, it's so big. Like, yeah. I, w I went to do a throw into the box and I thought... I'm not going to get it into the no, box at all. No. It's so far away. And I think, yeah. bless him, there's some of the lads yesterday playing for follow, struggled with the size of the pitch. Um, it was only two halves of half an hour, but they had such a great time out there. You could see how much they enjoyed it. They they were 4-0 down. They pulled it back to 4-3. Eventually, I think they went and lost 5-3 or 6-3. Not quite sure of the score. But when Follow scored that first goal, the place just erupted. It was absolutely mm. brilliant because that's what they've been working towards. And the camaraderie they've got together in the squad. Uh, once they got that first goal back, they kept creeping back and clawing their way back into it. And it was absolutely brilliant. And, and everyone watching on the side was just urging them on. And it, it wasn't so much about the football or the score it was about those lads who have been through a lot they've been through a lot as dads um, they've had some difficult times and difficult issues to deal with so between them they managed to pick each other up and they had a really good day out at Curzon yeah and it seems like just just from the voices there people being very open and very honest but you know it sounded like a really good positive happy energy around it and it felt like there's a lot of banter between everybody involved yeah definitely you heard from Carl there in that piece talking about the WhatsApp group, this now legendary WhatsApp group that they've got. I think he was saying to me, he can't really say anything on the air about what gets sent in there. Um, I'm in a few stag do groups myself and I can imagine, I can imagine some of the things that get sent over WhatsApp well, yeah, these I mean, days. I just, we were talking um, earlier about the one we have here and basically it's just saying, if you mess up again, you're getting sacked. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, the, the banter between the lads was great and uh, big thanks as well to, to Neil Jackson for inviting me down and Paul Jollies from Curzon who looked after me really well yesterday. I had a great time. Watched Curzon Ashton against FC United as well in the National League North afterwards, which was, was it on another the same good pitch? game. Uh, it wasn't on the same pitch. So they've got a, a, a 3G pitch. surface, right. uh, which the follow lads played on. And then the main pitch was obviously being saved that, for Curzon against That would almost be FC like a United. music festival, wouldn't it? Like yeah, the warm-up yeah. act and then they bring on. And, and so the, the important question is, for anybody listening now, anybody that's been, been affected by the issues that brought about the start of this team yeah can they get involved how do they do that i'm sure they'd be more than happy to uh to take on anyone who's been through a similar situation it's created by dads for dads to help men deal with the loss of of 
bereaved children. Um, so all you need to do, send a tweet to follow FC at follow, that's F-O-L-L-O underscore FC. Um, and I'm sure they'll be more than happy to help you. Uh, they'll get back to you. They train on Sundays, I think at four o'clock over at Curzon Ashton. So um, if you do think you'd rather just turn up and go and meet the lads, I'm sure they'd be more than happy for you to do that as well. Uh, so just send them a tweet at follow underscore FC. It's a great doing, cause. Uh, yeah. It really is. So if you, if you do, you, if you are listening to this and you think this is something I want to be on board with then then go and help them out because they'd be more than happy to, mm. to, to, to take you on yeah and there's a wonderful picture as well their, their banner on their, their Twitter uh, you can see see the kit with the excess logo on and also the very sort of miserable unfit man in a white t-shirt on the edge that's our boss <laughs> Jim yeah look, there he is can you see it <laughs> <laughs> just sat on the end he's gonna, is he going to be the gaffer because when excess you heard Carl at the end there he's late we've laid down the gauntlet he says bring it on excess versus follow it's going to be a big one that yeah. it's going to be a big one it is going to be a big one we will do wonders for them think, Raul, when I they beat we need us 12 nil. a 30 man squad just to make sure <laughs> no, that everyone I mean, can let, get through let's it let's think about it I mean because like we had Quinton Fortune on the team this oh, week yeah. so you know we raised the oh, game yeah. so yeah, we could uh, shout that oh, yeah. I, 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 wonder, I wonder I wonder you know if we can bung him a fiver or whatever. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Winston in the team. Oh maybe take God. Mike Joyce and can be in the stands with a drum. Yeah, give us some atmosphere. Yeah, who, who would be gaffer though? Who would be gaffer? Clint Boone on the side, maybe? Oh, I'd love to get Clint there with his siren. Have you ever been to one of his gigs where he's got his siren there? That would be epic, wouldn't it? <laughs> So that's that's full FC, and as you say, I, I, I was I was looking when you said it at first. I just I I didn't listen to the underscore bit. So make sure uh, follow underscore FC, and that's where you can find out more about them. Get in touch, and uh, some great stuff happening there. And once we've got this game sorted, we'll let you know about that. Come down, and uh, you can just laugh at me and Alex. <laughs> like you know, honestly, the last time I played a game like this, the the gaffer said to me, "Right, go and warm up," and I ran to the corner flag. I, and had to walk back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Limped his way uh, back to the right. dugout. Uh, something else I want to talk about, especially that I've got you here because you've got history, not personally. Right? <laughs> He's got history. Is, is there's, and, and I'm asking this question for two reasons. One, because you're a Pompeii fan and you've been through it. Um, and also because there's been a lot of stuff flying around City uh, about this potentially happening to us in the future. But this week, Birmingham City were docked nine points yeah. for breaching financial fair play. Mm-hmm. Um, in the championship. In the championship. The rules are different. Now, you see, this is the thing, because technically Wolves should have been punished the same thing, but because they got yeah. promoted, they're, they're no longer covered by the championship financial fair play. So the financial fair play rules mm -hmm. are completely separate in the championship yeah. and the Premier League. Yeah. It's a joke, isn't it? So, okay, so basically what you're saying, if it looks like City are going to get done and banned from the Champions League, we just have to get relegated to the championship and then we'd avoid all the punishment. To be perfectly honest, I, I don't think UEFA will punish City because I think City are too powerful. I think City City could sue UEFA. For, for, City could bury UEFA. I'm, what, I'm not what, even joking. What, what would they, what would they sue them for? Well, if, if UEFA decide to to progress with these you know these allegations that have come out about City cheating financial fair play and and the few you know these few underhanded things that we've seen come out via football leaks and the Dish Spiegel and yeah. stuff like that, Manchester City could afford the best lawyers on this planet and bury UEFA. Honestly, it would be it would be a no contest. I don't think UEFA are worrying too much See, about that. The, the, the thing about this is that, so the the basis of it is is that the financial fair play was introduced to stop clubs. Um, getting this trouble and, and falling out. But this, it, but in doing that, 
financial fair play has created an elite, the elite we now know as the top six. What clubs are going to break into that top six in the next 10 years? None. And I'll tell you why, because they can't, because of financial fair play. Wolverhampton Wanderers, the best of the rest, seventh place. Probably for me, I don't know about you guys, comfortably the next best yeah, team excellent. outside of the top six excellent, this season. Excellent. They've yeah. been well, brilliant. Well, they get better, you yeah. get two, three more players and they're, they're, they're fantastic. But, hang, hang, but hang on, they, hang. Can't, they can't afford to compete with the likes of Manchester City, Manchester United Spurs, because as w- what happened with financial fair play is there was a limit set and the clubs that are above that limit are already beyond that point, which means that they're not as impacted by financial fair play as they would have been had it happened five or six years previously. For instance, Manchester City managed to get their ducks in order at the right time because if they didn't, they would be in a similar position to Wolves and they would never be able to break into the top six because of financial fair play. Now, this is the situation that we find ourselves in. If an owner wants to spend money on a football club, why shouldn't they be allowed to spend money? If Wolves' owner wants to go out and spend another 100 million quid and sign Ronaldo and help Wolves get into the Champions League, why can't he do that? Because of financial fair play. So what, so the rules obviously came in at one point, by which point Chelsea had already got their world-class players and established themselves as a world-class club. Let's not forget 15 years ago, Chelsea were a, a mid-table yeah, Premier League really. club. And then Abramovich goes in there, Ranieri to start with. You've obviously got good youth players like Terry and, and Frank Lampard in there as well. But I mean, look, some of the signings they made when Abramovich first came there, Shevchenko, Hernan Crespo, these but sorts to, of players. So, so the thing is, so I, I understand the, the the reasoning behind it, but it seems really messed up because you've got the situation where now, as you say, you've created an elite. Yeah. And then now Birmingham could go down because they've been dot these nine points. But also... Bolton have just had the thing where the, yeah. the, their case was adjourned. So, but if they go into administration, is it a 14-point penalty they get? Uh, it won't be now because they've missed a cut-off point. So the points deduction will be nine points again. Oh, it's 12 points for administration, beg your pardon. 12 points for administration. That will come off at the start of next season. But, uh, so so there will be a minus 12 in League One should they be relegated. Or minus 12 in the Championship as a starting point should they stay up. Now, this is my point, And this is what I said on the EFL and Below show, which is our dedicated EFL and non-league podcast, which you can also find as part of the Manchester Football Social. I said this, we should start thinking about football clubs and their owners and not calling them chairman and not calling them owners. We should make a conscious effort to stop doing that because they're not owners or chairman, they're custodians because the people that are at the, at the kind of at the, at the, the back end of this in terms of the ones that are suffering the most are the supporters. Yep. And um, how many clubs, I mean, let's try it. We can try a name between us. How many clubs can you think of in the last however long that have had financial hardship or some sort of financial problems? There were three football clubs in high court on Tuesday, the same day that Bolton Wanderers are in there. You had Bolton, Macclesfield for unpaid debts of 16,000, another one of our local-ish yeah. sides, and Ebbsfleet United from the National League were also uh, in the high court. So that's three clubs on the same day. That's not to mention Coventry might be booted out of the league because they can't find a place to play their home games. Notts County, the world's oldest professional league club, might be in financial, serious financial trouble. That's not to mention the ownership issues at Leighton Orient, Portsmouth, Charlton, Blackpool. That's only just recently resolved itself. Wimbledon went entirely bust. AFC Wimbledon, a Phoenix club, which rose out of the ashes, took them nine years to get back to the Football League. How many other clubs? I mean, this is not even, I mean, this is me just thinking off the top of my head. Leeds, Port Vale, their owner yesterday, Port Vale's chairman said, if they don't find a new owner by the 5th of May, which is the last day of the season, he will put that club into administration because he doesn't want to put any more money into it. 
anyone who buys a football club is either a lunatic or extremely, extremely rich because there is no benefit to owning a football club. You could club. be both. You could be both. You could be both, and there's a lot of people that are both. But there's no benefit to owning a football club because they don't make money. They're not functioning businesses like any other business where if you owned a coffee shop and you were losing then, money, you'd so either sell happened. the business yeah. or you wouldn't be in the business. Football clubs don't work like that, and they have a lot more of an emotional attachment. And it really, as you can probably tell, it winds me up that this is still happening. <laughs> yeah, no one's learned any lessons. No one's learned any lessons. But then we've all, we've all been clubs. sold a big lie because, and, and you'll back me up on this, Alex, for like 20, 30 years as a football fan, stuff's happened to our clubs. Like, look at City, for example. Um, everything at City has changed except the name of the team, right, and the people that I stand next to when I go to the ground. And even some of them have changed, right? So we, we, we obviously changed the kits. We've changed the badge twice. Mm -hmm. We've changed the stadium. We've changed the name of the stadium. You've changed the entire playing squad, the management, the ownership several times. All these things have changed. But every time something like this happens, it's always been under the premise of it's good for business. <laughs> but yeah, it's everything, good for business. all of those things have changed, but there's one thing that stayed the same, and that's the <clears> fans. Yep. That's the one thing that's the consistent thing to all own ownership of all football clubs. The fans are the same and they're the ones that bear the brunt of it. For me, it's not a coincidence that this keeps happening. It's not a coincidence. Someone needs to be held culpable for this. Is it the Football League? Is it the FA? Do we need to come out and lobby for an independent body to make decisions on who should be the custodians of football clubs? Because it's not a coincidence and I've named all of those clubs. I've probably 10 off the top of my head I can name that have really struggled with ownership problems. Basically, it shouldn't be allowed to happen. Isn't this what financial fair play was brought in to protect, though, to to save us from? That was the, that was the that was my understanding of why this was the the rules were brought in to stop this happening. Well, I don't think so. Otherwise, it would have been called something different. The reason it's called financial fair play is to make it a level playing field. But as I said, but there's already an elite like, of six yeah. clubs, so it was. I don't mean in the work. Premiership. I mean for like for teams like Bolton or Chester or Bury or. The, the problem is, is <laughs> the problem is, is people are passed off as owners. So Ken Anderson, the owner of Bolton, would have had to prove when he bought that club that he had sufficient sufficient funds to run the club, which he did. Um, but now he's decided he doesn't want to run the club anymore. He had at the time the money. Now he doesn't have the mm. money. So that's the problem. There's a lot of issues, and and we could talk about it all night, to be honest. Yeah, basically, I, I just I'm not going to argue with you. So whatever you say, I'll, <laughs> I'll back you up on that. But you, you get so passionate. I'm does he? sick of it. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to talk more about uh, punishments and various things that happens with football because we've got a nice little quiz for us, and we'll do that next on the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. Uh, this is the voice of the fans here at the Manchester Football Social. All three, four, five, triple one, seventy six, twenty five. Representing Manchester United is Alex Boardman. Hello. Uh, representing Manchester City is I, Ant McGinley. Is that right? Was it me, Ant McGinley? I don't know. I think it's I. Think, yeah. And uh, needing an aspirin and a good lie down. <laughs> I've had a cold shower. I've had a cold shower. <laughs> uh, getting very worked up is uh, our very own sports journalist, uh, Niall McCorn. And as as I said, if you want to hear more of Niall ranting about things that make him angry, you can go around to his house or you can just uh, get his <laughs> <don't> podcast. 
yeah download the EFL and Below show um, wherever you find your podcast it's part of the Manchester Football Social but we focus on all the football that doesn't happen from the Etihad or Old Trafford so yeah. Wigan, but, Bolton, Rochdale, Oldham all the rest of it and if you want to be really focused and just go I just want to find out about Old Trafford and United you just search for the Manchester United Football Social on which Alex pops up occasionally yep and uh, if you don't want any of that nonsense and you just want City uh, the Manchester City Football Social which I pop on about once every six weeks and then they put me back in <laughs> the, the Ledley King of the Manchester City <laughs> also. doesn't do any training <laughs> yeah. rocks up gets injured yeah. Yeah. anyway it has been this weekend Euro Championship qualifiers uh, and these are some of the scores that have affected home nations Friday England beat Czech Republic 5-0 Republic of Ireland beat Gibraltar 1-0 earlier today Wales beat Slovakia 1-0 and Scotland are currently beating San Marino 2-0 with 89 minutes gone. And at the risk of sounding like this is just a bunch of old men complaining about football all being wrong and not as good as it used to be, like we started moving towards in that last section, I'm so confused because it always used to be when you had the internationals on, they'd all be on the same day mm. at the same time. But it feels like we're in the middle of five days where there's always a game happening. Somebody's playing who, and one's a friendly, and one's a, an important qualifier, and... It's our old friend TV Money. Way oh, that's right. why. Let's that's just why. let's just put that to side. We're not going to open that particular <laughs> can of worms. So um, <laughs> I, I thought what might be quite nice was to do a fun quiz about punishments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> because of Birmingham being dogs. <laughs> Worst supply teacher ever. Okay, children, here we go. Uh, so, but then I looked into it, and uh, well. There's, there's various different punishments. So sometimes this is from the organisations, sometimes this is from uh, the leagues, and sometimes this is from managers, okay? Okay. So, um, uh, Trabzonspor, am I saying that right? Trabzonspor. Trabzonspor. Uh, so they moved into a brand new stadium in 2016, and uh, they, they were very keen to have a fresh start because they had a terrible reputation with the old stadium. And even as, I think it was in the last game at the old stadium, one of their fans leapt over and attacked the linesman. So they wanted to really sort of have a fresh new start. And so um, they basically said, look, you know, everybody should respect this place and it's all new and it's all fancy. And then in the, during the first game, one of the fans stood up on one of the seats and took a selfie of him standing on the seats. All right. So I want you to know uh, what the club did in return. To punish him. To punish him. To punish that fan. Uh, lifetime ban. Lifetime ban. For standing on a seat and taking a selfie. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to give points for correct answers, but I'll also give points for creative answers as well. I love to, for standing on it. Mm. Made him post it off the official club account to embarrass himself in front of everyone. I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to give you half a point for that. The club tracked the fan down and made him clean. 10,000 seats in the stadium, <laughs> filmed it and live-streamed it on the website. Wow. That, that, that's, that's, that is, it's a bit like the equivalent of doing that's like ridiculous. 100 lines at lunchtime on the board. All right. Um, so, a uh, bit before your time, possibly Niall, but when Alex Ferguson was at Aberdeen, funnily enough, Who's we were that? just talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guy that just sold chewing gum for £350,000. Wow. Yeah, yeah you are going to mention We'll that. talk about that in the podcast. Okay. Um, so, uh, there was a striker called John Hewitt, played for Scotland, and he scored the winning goal in extra time against Real Madrid in the Cup Winners' Cup final in 1983. But a couple of years before that, Sir Alex Ferguson, who was just Alex at the time, <laughs> issued him with a club fine, not for something he did on the pitch, 
not for something he did in training, for something he did outside of the club, in public, in his own time. What was it that John Hewitt did that Sir Alex Ferguson fined him for? Niall, you're up first. Um, they used to like a beer back in those days, mm. so I'm going to go for something uh, rather obtuse, like urinating in public. How about that? But what a wonderful mental image. <laughs> Alex, over to you. I'm going to say something like not wearing a suit or not wearing a tie. Not wearing a suit or not wearing a tie. <sighs> I can't give a point to either of you. The correct reason was John Hewitt overtook Sir Alex Ferguson <laughs> on a public road <laughs> and he didn't like it. <laughs> so he fined it when he next went into training. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, so there's a chap called Lee Todd yeah, who played for Cross Farm Park Celtic. That oh, team, yeah, yeah, we yeah, all know. Yeah. Um, he holds the record for the fastest ever red card, right? He was sent off and because of the, the way these games are timed, it's unofficially between one and two seconds into the game, right? Why? What did he do to get himself sent off in the first mm. second and a half of a game? Could he have punched the referee? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Um, sent off. Yeah, maybe he said something. Yeah, he's, he, he said something. He expletive a profanity. Exploited. <laughs> That's a great word. What kind of school did you go to? I'm going to an expletive of profanity right now. It's been now. knocked down, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm, joking. Actually, amazingly, I'm going to have to give the points to Niall. Because... <laughs> for saying because of expletive. That's not even a word. Yeah. So I get extra points for the, uh, for the thesaurus. So basically what happened was... Uh, this, the official account of what happened was... Uh, Todd was so surprised by the volume of the referee's whistle at kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> he exclaimed, and uh, this is, insert your own word here, F me, that was loud. Wow. Right? The, ra the, ref <laughs> the referee took the comment personally and sent him off. <laughs> so I, I've heard of um, a religious gentleman being a referee once who sent someone off for saying, oh my God. Wow. I've heard that's happened before. Wow. Well, look, I've got some more of these. <laughs> do, do you want to carry these on with me in the podcast? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's okay. do that. Uh, and you can find that podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, just search for the Manchester Football Social. Uh, but for those of you uh, that, that don't listen to that, well, just let me say thank you. Thank you to Alex Boardman. Thanks to you. Uh, thanks to Mr. Angry. <laughs> no, <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> and you must feel really good when you come yeah, out of the studio. Relax, you just relax go to it. now. Uh, I, I've been Ant McGinley, and uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to us today. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. All right, so we're back. This is the secret bit. I like this. It's like a club, isn't it? All right. <laughs> it's oh, like a hidden track on yeah. an album. Yeah. And staved off the sack for another week. <laughs> yeah, he did it <laughs> right. I almost, I almost did it again as we went to the podcast. Uh, I was like, I'm making sure everything's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, no, I didn't press the button. No, there we you go. managed it. You managed it. <laughs> well, we think so. We'll, we'll fight. If I'm here next week, then then we, we did manage it. Uh, what's, what's the score? Is it about like one and a half to... Nothing. Oh, I'm not sure. Well, oh, Niall's winning 2 0 ish. No, yeah, one yeah, and a half. One and a half, yeah. You gave him half a point for not getting anywhere close, though, the first question. Yeah, no, that, yeah, no I'm happy to concede that point. One right. nil. Okay. Because uh, you got that one. Last yeah, that one, was right. wrong in all fairness. Uh, so, uh, Alex gets first, uh, first shot on this one. Uh, in 2002, Robbie Savage was docked two weeks' wages for upsetting referee Graham Paul. What did he do? Oh, 
I cannot remember. Um, Robbie Savage, he wasn't one of those where he dropped his cards and he booked him. That was not Savage. Graham Paul was always upset anyway, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was not great, was Winger. he? Um, oh, I cannot remember at all. Don't didn't, know. Didn't Graham Paul give someone three yellow cards in the World Cup once? Was that him? Ah, uh, yes, he did. It was in, yeah. Was it in the World Cup? It was. It was in the World right, Cup. I'm going to help you I, out there. Okay, go I've back. No idea. I think I can remember. Go on then. Go I on. was going to say something similar. It was like, did he, had he not boxed someone and then Savage argued with him? Oh, I don't know. Forget it. I was going to say. <laughs> no like, idea forget either. It. Forget no it. No idea. It didn't actually happen on the pitch. Um, Savage was fined. For using Graham Paul's toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that means at the ground, not like you went down two steps. Yeah, I just to think what he did there. Anyway, um, amateur side Feltham Cowboys FC have a uh, club rule. They impose a 50p fine for players who do what during a game? Um, players who miss a shot. Okay. Off, shot off target. I'm going to say because the Cowboys spit. And because the, they should have a spittoon. Oh, I like that, a spittoon. A spit with that. That's, mm. I, I, might, I might get back to them and suggest that. Uh, no. Uh, and you almost got it now, but you, you added too much to it. It's 50p fined for players who do an air kick during a match. <laughs> 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 Don't come along to follow FC versus X as Manchester. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, so here's one for you. So it's, it, it's, I'm going to give you the background for this. So we're taking it to South Africa, 2010 World Cup. Uh, North Korea qualify. All right. and find themselves in the, the group of death they're in with Brazil Portugal and Who? Ivory Coast Who are they Brazil Brazil North Korea in the group of death yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so the, the North Korean government went actually you know what we're not going to show these games live because we like a bit of propaganda mm. and you know it, we're just going to get embarrassed but North Korea's first game against Brazil they lose 2-1 which is really impressive for mm-hmm. any team, really. Um, so they decide to live stream the second game against Portugal, which they go on. The the uh, they lose seven one, right? <laughs> um, so and then they lost against Ivory Coast as well. So when they came back, the whole team were brought up onto a stage in front of a live audience, and the country's sports minister went through every single one of them and gave them a dressing down. And then as a team, they were all forced to blame the manager, Kim Jong-un, not that one. Uh, they blamed the manager for the, the failure. But what was the punishment that was actually meted out to the manager? Oh, my. Military service? Military service? Mm, two years in prison. I'm going to give you another half point now. <laughs> Right? Technically, that's closer. Because no, because he didn't go to prison. So what happened was he was expelled from the Workers' Party, which is the big thing right, in North Korea. Yeah. He was fired from his job. This is my best punishment ever. And then he was forced to become a builder. <laughs> <laughs> that's not quite military. I can't take half. How is that military? Well, no, because but the thing is, it's military a jo- building. It's a, it's, a, it's a job, right? And he might have built stuff in the military, and you were what like, about to prison. Yeah, hard labor. Have you heard of hard labor? All right, I tell you what. Let's. Let's oh. nobody get a point because we didn't get it right. right. Yeah, that's a fair draw. <laughs> that's a fair draw. Um, so, so I showed you both a picture earlier, and we can put this on the on the feed yeah. if you want. We can tweet mm. this out. Mm. Um, so, the picture that you saw that's Porto winger Yassin Yachin Yassin Brahimi. Brahimi. Uh, now it's the first game of the season last year. No, first game of the season. Yeah, this season. Yeah, that's right because we're nineteen now. So, first game for Porto. Right at the end of the game, 
uh, he has a little bit of a tete-a-tete with uh, Niltino, and he chokes him. Like, proper, you've seen the picture, haven't you? Yep. Like, that's a full-on... That's by a the choke. Throat, yeah, not yeah. by the shirt, literally round there, right? And it's quite aggressive, doesn't look very nice at all. Um, so it took the Portuguese FA three months to decide on what the punishment should be. Three months to decide. Now, you look at that, and that's pretty obvious. Very clear from the pictures. When did it happen again? Do you know? It's at the start of this season. Okay, so, so, so we're talking like um, August October, uh, September, oh, right. yeah, okay. whenever their season there. starts. Okay, So 2018, all right? So um, what was the punishment that you meted out to him? <laughs> I think he's going to be really minimal. I'm going to say... Uh, a one-game ban that they already classed as being served because he'd been injured or something like that. Okay, over to you now. I think that's a very good answer from Alex. That's put me under the cosh. I think that he was banned from playing against the team that he choked the guy out from, if that makes sense. So you can't play that team again. Banned okay. from that. You know, but I have to say, both of those are fairly reasonable. And you think if you had three months, both of those options yeah. probably came up. Uh, no, neither of them. All right. He wasn't banned at all. He was just fined. Okay? So, yeah. I'm going to give all the points in this game to the person <laughs> who is closest to the amount of fine that he was given. So, the Algerian ringer, Yassine Brahimi. But he's basically, if you did that on the street to somebody here, that is at least ABH. Yeah, and everything else that comes with it. So, football pitch, first game of the season, he's given a fine. What are you saying, Niall? A fine. A month's wages. So four weeks' wages. Okay, and, and for a footballer in in Porto, big team in the Champions League at the minute still, what, what kind of wage is that going to be? 50, probably 200,000 euro, I'd say. 200,000 wow. euros. Really? Right, Alex. I still think minimal because you didn't get a ban. I think you're looking at 1,000 euros. I think it's a really paltry fine. Okay, so... Two ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, completely two ends of the spectrum. Uh, neither of you are spot on, but one of you is very close. 750 euro. <laughs> <laughs> no. What did you say? 200,000? <clears throat> Quarter of a million euros. No, no, no. You, I'm going to have to take your first okay. answer. I'm not, okay. I'm, I'm not that bothered. <laughs> Niles is <laughs> fairly won. He got loads of them right. Yeah. Uh, the Algerian ringer was fined nineteen euros and thirty cents. <laughs> oh, wow! Why? Nineteen euros and thirty cents. No, not nineteen thousand. Nineteen. Nineteen euros and thirty cents was the fine that he got. Decent wow. bottle of wine cost me more than that in Barcelona the other week. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's four bottles of wine yeah. for me. Uh, <laughs> which, which technically makes Alex the winner. So, yeah. Come on, I can't accept that, but congrats, I will. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Up in your face. Right in the yeah. So yeah. hang on. Why Why 19? I wonder if the that po- was... The, the, all the things that we say about like, oh God, the FA can't get things mm. right and they're crazy and UEFA and FIFA. Portuguese FA have got a history of just, just bonkers decisions like this. I wonder if that was for something ridiculous like the amount of post. You know, like stamps sent letters to and from asking him and I bet he just had to pay that. Pay costs. Wow, stamps are really cheap compared to what they cost here. <laughs> no, say the, yeah, say they sent like 20 letters at a euro each or something. I don't know. 
I don't wow. know how much a stump is. Yeah, 19 euros and 30 cents for grub. Now, the thing is, if that was the standard thing, there's a few people I could think about going, well, here's 100 quid, he'll be back in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, did you see Martial driving into Carrington the other day, just with a parking ticket, just flapping off oh, of his windscreen? Oh, yeah, he'll do that. Just n- not, no monkeys given <laughs> whatsoever. I, I, I know somebody who has a very expensive sports car, and they take the fine because it's actually cheaper than the damage that's done when they park it in the multi-stores. Right. Because they're not designed to be able to drive around and go over oh, the speed bumps and all, the corners sort of and, yeah, all yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff as well. And I think, to be honest, they, they can't drive the car very well. So. I'm like that with mine. <laughs> see, uh, the Mondeo. And also, did you see Leroy Sane's ridiculous outfit the other day? Did no. Did you see it? Did you not see the... No, oh, you've this? got to see it. It's, right. um, I want one, oh, I've not even seen it, but this if this game comes off against Follow FC, I'm going to dress like that to the game on well, the team bus or whatever. I hope not because the jacket costs 3750 <laughs> yeah, quid. So you can dress like that if you really want to. Alex, um, can you spot me? But, <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll get it out of the back of my sports he wore car. The ja- Come and have a look at this quickly. He's worn the jacket inside out. Here it is. It's a black jacket with an in- inner sheepskin, but it's got like, it looks like a child's drawn crayon in yeah, crayon wow. on the jacket. Super design. Right. And and anyway, that's that's the outfit. That's the get up. With right. a chessboard on it. Yeah, it's got a chessboard. Right. That's inside out. And he's got these two grand trainers on. And I was saying in the office, I was saying, that's like a seven grand outfit. It's an absolutely, it's ridiculous. It's so flashy. And then we worked it out in terms of annual income that it's the same as spending 20 quid on a jacket and a pair of trainers. Yeah. So in in all seriousness... You think that these footballers can go around just affording to take the parking fines because for them it's no different to putting two two pound fifty in the machine and and walking around doing I, your normal business. I saw something once and I can't remember if it was Ferdinand. It was about ten years ago. I'll tell you, I it was Danny Welbeck. So and it was about eight years ago at United, and they have stylists who turn up. Well, I don't know if they work at let's say Selfridges, Harvey Nicks, or wherever they work, and they just go round to the house and they have like wardrobes of clothes and they go. We've picked this out for you, this. We've got these trainers on offer, on order from New York. We've got this. Yep. And in a way, that's quite cool because I couldn't be bothered shopping. So and I don't be think they probably don't have to pay for it either. Um, probably I get bet it. they yeah. don't. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. So I can have the same experience for the game. What I'll do is I'll just move back in with my mum and let her go shopping for me. Yeah. <laughs> or we find you some sort of cheap white sheepskin, allow us all to spray paint over it and get you a black Leroy Sane Afro wig. And then you can wear that. Yeah, I need the headband as well. That's the course, crucial part yeah. of it. Really you need bad. the headband to stick it to your bald head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll get on and see if we can sort this game out as well, and then we'll work on the fashion part of it. But yeah, just, just a little plug in case people have missed it earlier as well. If they want to find out more about Follow FC, it's follow underscore FC on uh, Twitter. Yep. On Twitter. And doing loads of great stuff. And uh, yeah, you'll be seeing and hearing more about that. And obviously, they've got really nice sponsored shirts because we're behind Big that. XS logo on the front. Yeah. Love it. Thanks very much for listening to the show and taking the time to download the podcast and be part of our secret little club, which talks about cool stuff and play silly games. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) That's just undermined any pretense of cool. (laughs) It's like homework club, it sounds like now. Welcome to Chess Club, everyone. We're the cool kids, not those other people outside with friends in the bars. And the motorbikes. Well, they're really dangerous. (laughs) 